Hi, this is Philip Holland, host of Hope for the Day. I'm so excited that you are listening and you have this to look forward to from today's message. I like how this person says at Malachi McCourt, bitterness is like taking poison and then waiting for the other person to die. Because <laughs> that's what it is. And when you get hit by hurt and you allow it to seep deep into your hearts, you're just going to get bitter and then you're wanting to get even with somebody else. But the reality is, is you're the one that's really getting hurt by it. And that's why the Apostle Paul said in Ephesians, get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Welcome to Hope for the Day with Pastor Philip Holland. It has been said that God always wants to take us from where we are to where he wants us to be. But in order for that to happen, there must be a breakthrough. That godly breakthrough will always take you to a better place and make you more of the person God created you to be. Is that the kind of breakthrough you desire in your life? Do you desire a godly breakthrough in your marriage, in your finances, in your faith, or in some other area of your life? You will experience God's breakthrough in all of the areas of your life that are falling short. His breakthrough often won't bring what we want. Instead, it will bring better than we could ever imagine. Our prayer is through this series, you will be able to experience a breakthrough that takes you from where you are to where God wants you to be. Please enjoy the message. We are going to be continuing this sermon series entitled Breakthrough, and we're honing in specifically into the early years of David's, King David's life that we read about in the Old Testament. But as we jump forward in the New Testament, the greatest sermon that you see preached there is a sermon called the Sermon on the Mount. And in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus made some incredible statements. He made statements such as, pray for your enemies. Um, pray for those who persecute you. Love your enemies. If someone strikes you on one cheek, turn the other cheek. Theologians and commentators, as I have read, have even said that maybe the, the climax of Jesus' teaching um, for us even to this day, because it goes such against the grain of what it is that our world teaches us, how our world, the world teaches us to live. It is hard to respond the way that Jesus is calling us to respond when we have been hurt. And that's what today's sermon is about. It's about having a breakthrough as it relates to the hurt that comes our ways from people to what it is and how it is that God wants us to respond. An example of this, several years ago, my wife and I, we were, we were in Louisville, Kentucky, and we were doing urban ministry. And so we were in an incredibly rough area of this city. We're walking down the street in front of our home, and we're getting ready to turn up our driveway to go into our house. And across the street from us was some guys that were always, I mean, they were always up to no good, and this day would be no different. And so they're across the street as we're walking by, and then we're walking up the driveway. And as we walk up the driveway, I hear this right by my ear. I don't think anything of it. I'm thinking, well, that's an odd gust of wind. And then I hear something else. Something else flies by my ear. And I'm thinking, wow. And then I hear it hit a, uh, I hear it hit the house. And it's like a ting. And I'm thinking, well, what was that? And I'm sort of looking around. And then I hear it again. And I turn around. And lo and behold, the, these hooligans across the street, one of them has a gun pointed at us. Or what seemed like it was a gun. It was actually, I think it was a pellet gun in hindsight. And so he was shooting. I've got a one-year-old, i got my one-year-old daughter carrying her. I've got my wife. And he's shooting at us with a pellet gun, which, I mean, 
I mean, it was, it was, we were close enough that it certainly would have hurt one of us, definitely would have hurt my little daughter. And so we run up the driveway, get behind the house. And how do you respond to a situation like that? Well, what are we supposed to do? What, what, what do I just hide out, not do anything because I don't want to stir up further trouble? Do we, do we uh, call the police? What exactly are we supposed to do? Well, in that scenario, I wasn't exactly very happy about what was going on. And so I told Laura, I said, take Madison, who at this point was just one year old. She's 10 now. So again, it was several years ago. And I, and I said, go inside, call the police. And then I turned around and I ran after them. And I'm running after him, and I'm like, you're shooting at my family. I was, again, it wasn't one of my finer moments. It was one of my finer moments. And, he's, and this guy's crazy, but he's looking at me, and I see this face, and he, I think he's thinking, like, this guy's crazier than I am. And so he runs inside the house and locks the door, and I'm, like, banging on the door for him to come out. And he won't come out, and then I'm yelling at him through his window. He still won't come out. And we come to find out he snuck out the back door. Um, and then the police come. We tell him what happened. And, uh, and then from there, you know, they end up arresting him later on that night and he gets in trouble and we, we aren't sure exactly where it went from there, but we didn't have any problems with them into, we didn't have any problems with them after that. Now, now here's the thing though. Some of you would say I handled that right. And some of you would say I handled it wrong. And I would probably say I probably handled it more on the wrong side. Cause if he stays there, then him and I are for sure getting in a fight. I mean, there's no doubt about it. But he ran off inside the house, and it still wasn't a good moment for me. But what do you do when somebody hurts you like that? And they may not shoot something at you, but people will hurt you with words. People will hurt you with actions of theirs. They will undermine you in a lot of different ways. I've got two containers here. One of them is full of rocks. And these rocks represent the hurt that people have inflicted on you in life. Because people have a tendency, just for the sake of the analogy, to throw rocks at us in life. And you will have people who will go around, just as an example, just as a hypothetical example, goes around a long line of cars and then they cut over. And that's kind of frustrating, isn't it? It kind of hurts your feelings a little bit. You've been waiting in line for 10, 15, 20 minutes. You'll have a neighbor who then disrespects you with loud noise and obnoxious comments. You'll have a spouse who continually compromises your marriage. You have a parent who doesn't realize the hurt that they are inflicting on you. You have an employer who fired you without cause. A child who doesn't appreciate all that you have done for them. And so we have these rocks that have been thrown at us. And what exactly are we supposed to do with that? How are we supposed to respond to that? The tendency for many of us is to throw the rock back. The tendency for some of us is just to ignore it and just carry the rock along with us. What are we supposed to do when people hurt us like this? And sometimes they don't even, they don't even realize they're hurting us. Yeah, it's like this parent example here. You know, sometimes a parent will get caught up in caring for someone who is very ill or, or a family member will get caught up in caring for someone who is sick. And then you get neglected in the, in the course of their care. And there's a lot of hurt that comes along with that. Or I've even heard stories of maybe you're just at the mercy of a parent. Or years ago, you were at the mercy of a parent who was transferring with different job opportunities. And that took away some of your childhood. You were never able to really dig in anywhere else. 
Or maybe you're dealing with a parent who just didn't realize that they were supposed to take responsibility for your life. I mean, I had some of that in my life with my mom. She didn't, she didn't realize what she was doing. She didn't ever try to hurt me directly, but she didn't take responsibility for her life in a lot of ways. And so then that trickled down to me. What do you do whenever you get that kind of hurt? Well, that's what today is about. And specifically in the story that we're going to look at, what do you do whenever the king throws a spear at you? Because in the life of David, that's what he has to figure out. He has to figure out how he's going to handle a situation whenever he has a mad king coming after a faithful servant. And the king is hurling spears at him, trying to kill him. And then David's trying to figure out how exactly he's supposed to navigate this very difficult situation. Maybe even how is he supposed to honor God with this difficult situation. And so that's what we're going to pick up in our text in 1 Samuel chapter 18, because this is the breakthrough that many of us need to have is what do we do whenever we're facing these difficult situations and Jesus is calling us to pray for those who persecute us, love our enemies, turn the other cheek. How do we have that kind of a breakthrough? Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. Our mission is to offer you hope through Christ-centered biblical preaching. We certainly hope that this broadcast is doing just that for you today. You might not know this, but each of these sermons are recorded live at Valley View Christian Church in the Denver metropolitan area. If you live in the city, we'd love to meet you in person. We offer Sunday services at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. We have programming for children of all ages, dynamic worship, plenty of opportunities to get connected beyond Sundays, outreach initiatives, and much, much more. Do you want to know why we do all that we do? Because so much of our church leadership has had their life changed at a local church. Because it's here that we met Jesus and he changed our lives. And we want Jesus to change your life as well. So attend a service at Valley View Christian Church. We would love to meet you personally. We're located just south of Highlands Ranch off of Highway 85 Santa Fe. You can go to our church's website, valleyviewcc.com for more information. And again, those Sunday service times are at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. Now let's get back to our program. Well, let's see what we learned from David. Whatever mission Saul sent David on, David was so successful that Saul gave him a high rank in the army. And so David is incredibly successful. This pleased all the troops and Saul's officers as well. Everyone supported David. When the men were returning home from Dave, after David had killed the Philistine, referring to Goliath, the women came out from all the towns of Israel to meet King Saul with singing and dancing with joyful songs with timbrels and liars. So life is going really good for David. He is incredibly successful. He's successful spiritually. He's successful professionally. He's, ex- he's successful with his integrity and his attitude. Everything's going great for David. Lots of success. Maybe you've even had some success of late. So you've had some good things happening in your life. You were able to close a large deal You were able to get a promotion. You were able to start a business. You become a part of a church. I mean, I think that's a big step for someone, especially in these day and times. You got to be grounded. You got to be rooted. That's what being a part of a church helps you to, helps you to accomplish. You've read the entire Bible. You got baptized. That's a huge step. You were able to baptize your children. That's a great testimony to how you're raising your children up in the Lord. 
big success moment there. You've stayed married for many years. You've run a 5K, a 10K, a half, a full marathon. You've lost 25, 50 pounds. You were able to pay off your debt. You've received a bachelor's and a master's degree. You're getting all sorts of acclaim because of your success. But maybe like David, you realize that that isn't all that comes along with success. Because often, not only what comes along with the praise, comes resentment, anger, jealousy from others, people that want to hurt you. And as they danced, they sang, Saul has slain his thousands and David his tens of thousands. It's hyperbole, but you get the idea. Saul was very angry. This refrain displeased him greatly. They have credited David with tens of thousands, but with me only thousands. What more can he get but the kingdom? And from that time on, Saul kept a close eye on David. And so now, all of a sudden, what was success in his life has now brought him challenge. He's not in good favor with the king. And Saul realizes he has to do something with David. He knows he can't kill David. And so what does he do? Well, Saul was afraid of David because the Lord was with David, but it departed from Saul. That's an important phrase we'll touch on a little later. So he sent David away from him and gave him command over a thousand men. You might think, wow, it seems like he's giving him a promotion. That's not really what he's doing. He's actually trying to send him to the front lines of battle so that David can lose his life to the Philistines because Saul knows he can't take David's life. And David led the troops in their campaigns. Perhaps this was even a lesson that David would learn, unfortunately, and apply later on in life when, it would, when he would deal with Uriah. In everything he did, he had great success because the Lord was with him. And when Saul saw how successful he was, he was afraid of him. And so Saul has these dreadful emotions that are coming out of him. Things that are not healthy. Things that are not good. Look at his emotions. He was jealous. He was angry. He was paranoid. He was afraid. These are all the emotions of Saul's heart. Life is not good right now for Saul, and he doesn't know exactly what to do with David because David just keeps experiencing more and more and more success. Some would speculate, maybe I would as, I would as well, that there's a Saul in every one of our hearts. And we have to make a decision when these people hurt us in life. Are we going to become more like Saul? That Saul part of us? The part of us that's jealous, that's angry, that's paranoid, that's afraid? Or are we going to allow the hurt that people inflict in our lives to chisel, chisel away the Saul that's inside of us? Because there's a part of you, there's a part of me that's going to lean into what we're getting ready to, what we're getting ready to read. Or we can allow the difficulty of that situation to tear away the part of us that needs to get torn away. This is what happens. The next day, an evil spirit from God came forcefully on Saul. Now, we got to understand, the, God does not send devils into your life. What the text, what really is happening here, what most theologians would speculate here, is that God, he has departed from Saul. He has removed his guard in Saul's life. And now the devil has free reign on Saul to take advantage of him. And so an evil spirit comes upon Saul. In this much the same way that God allowed the devil to inflict punishment on Job, God is allowing the devil to now inflict punishment on Saul. 
And so he was prophesying in his house while David was playing the lyre. And as he usually, as he usually did, Saul had a spear in his hand and he hurled it saying to himself, I'll pin David to the wall. But David eluded him twice. David hadn't done anything to Saul. He was only there to help Saul. But then Saul repaid him with nothing but pain. He threw spears at him. Have you ever had anybody do something to you that just was unfair, that was wrong? They said something that wasn't right. They made up a story about you that was completely exaggerated. Maybe they physically did harm you. That's what's happening here with David. He didn't do anything to deserve that. Maybe you didn't either. It was a little bit ago, my wife and I, and we had one of our children with us. We were going to lunch after church. And and as we're driving along, um, we come into this parking lot that was packed. There was not a spot around. And so we turned the corner, and just at the right time, it's that holy moment when somebody pulls out right in the front, when you're pulling in, and they pull out, and I see it, and I'm thinking, this is great. I've been doing the Lord's work today. The Lord is rewarding. God is good. The car pulls out. We pull right in, go inside, have a nice lunch. I come out, and there's a note on my car. I'm like, well, what is this? And so I I pick up the note, and and I read the note. And this is what the note says to me. Hope your kid learns manners from someone other than you. you." But they didn't put the symbols there. You know, they they actually put the whole, the real name that they had for me. And I read this note, and I'm thinking, what is this? Why is somebody leaving a note like this on my car? Didn't they? I was doing the Lord's work. What's going on? What is happening? Why are they calling me names? And Laura, Laura says, you know what? When... Now that I'm thinking about it, when, you, when that car pulled out and you pulled in, I think there was another car waiting for that spot. And I thought, well, I didn't know that. I didn't see them. I wasn't cutting them off. I wasn't trying to cut in there. I didn't deserve this note. But they felt like I had done them a wrong, even though I didn't even realize I had done them a wrong. And they had to get even. They had to get back at me. They had to hurl one of those spears. And what do you do when somebody hurls a spear at you? When they throw a rock at you? When they're shooting at you? What are you supposed to do? Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. I hope that this message has been an encouragement to you. I know that it has been to others. You see, it is through the generous contributions of people like you that this ministry can thrive and get God's truth out into the world. I recently received a card from someone who said, thank you for these messages on Hope for the Day. They are encouraging and refreshing as we get the opportunity to hear biblically-centered teaching that continually points people to Christ. And that is just one of several notes that we have received of those who appreciate the teaching here at Hope for the Day. If you'd like to become a partner of ours, just go to Valley View Christian Church's website at valleyviewcc.com. It's there that you can click on the Give tab, and then you can designate your gift to go to the Hope for the Day ministry. And we would love it if you would partner with us in this way, and I know many others would as well. If you are in the Denver metropolitan area, 
We wouldn't want you to just be a supporter of ours. We want you to attend one of our services in person to be a part of the experience that we have here at Valley View Christian Church. We offer three service times on Sunday at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. And it's at each one of these services that we record the messages that you hear here on Hope for the Day. Now let's get back to today's broadcast. Well, the first thing that you got to do as we look at David that he did is this. First thing that he did is you don't get hit. (laughs) It kind of goes without saying you don't get hit. But what does that mean? What do I mean by that? Because obviously somebody says something to you, you're going to hear it. If somebody physically does something to you, you're probably going to feel it. What do I mean? I'm talking about bitterness here. See, David, in this case, he alluded the, he alluded the spears twice. That's what happened with David. But what I'm talking about with you is, is when somebody hurts you, are you going to allow that hurt to seep, seep deep into your heart? Are you going to think about it? Are you going to stew on it? Are you going to allow it to cause you to lose sleep at night? That's what I'm talking about. That's what we mean when you get hit. I have a family member of mine. Um, she, she's a woman who, who just despises the opposite sex. She despises men. But yet she's always looking for one. It's one of those deals. And, and I've seen this occur again and again and again and again throughout her life. That, that she'll meet a man and there's romance, there's candy, there's flowers, there's, there's, oper- there's potential. And then like all men, he, did some, he does something wrong. We do something wrong. It's just the way it goes, ladies. We just do something. We do this. This is the way we, the way we are. So he does something wrong, and he can never get back right with her again. And we just see this play out again and again, and they, he tries, and no matter how hard he tries, he's never going to even out the scale, and inevitably, he just gives up, and he moves on. And then she has another reason to continue to be bitter. And then the cycle goes again and again and again. And now she's really at a place in life where that cycle is probably not going to repeat. She's just alone. And she's always going to be alone because she's just so bitter. I like how this person says at Malachi McCourt, bitterness is like taking poison and then waiting for the other person to die. (laughs) Because that's what it is. And when you get hit by hurt... And you allow it to seep deep into your hearts. You're just going to get bitter. And then you're wanting to get even with somebody else. But the reality is, is you're the one that's really getting hurt by it. And that's why the Apostle Paul said in Ephesians, Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Because if, the monst- if you focus on the malice of the monster in your life, it will eat you alive even as you're thinking that you're getting even. And so he says, get rid of all bitterness and rage and anger because you're never going to be able to love others the way that God is calling you to love them if you hang on to that. And so it makes sense. You don't get even. You don't get hit. What was the second thing that we learned from David? Is you don't throw it back when somebody throws a spear at you. They say the word, you don't try to throw, you don't try to say something back to them. They, they hurt you, you don't try to hurt them back. You know, the Bible says it this way. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. 
When David had a spear thrown at him, he just eluded it and ran off. But he didn't grab the spear out of the wall and throw it back at Saul because he knew that wouldn't lead to anything good. And it rarely does because things just escalate and they escalate and escalate. And somebody has to inevitably lead in that situation and stop that, those actions in their track. I had a friend of mine growing up that he just, he just always had to get even. And if you did something to him, you rest assured that he's coming back at you even harder than you came at him. And I remember sitting in a steak and shake restaurant and we're just, we're 17 years old. We're having fun with him. And so one of us grabbed a salt shaker and we're throwing salt in his pants under the table. And he doesn't even notice for like five minutes. And he has this pile of salt in his pants when he finally notices. So what does he do? What does he do? Well, he doesn't grab a salt shaker and have some fun with us. No, no. He grabs a knife and he starts jabbing us under the table because that's just what you do when you're a spear thrower. And that was funny when we were 16. It was funny when we were 17. And then we were 25. He had to get in a fight with one of our friends. And now none of us even want to hang around him anymore. None of us even keep up with him because we just, we couldn't handle his antics. He never learned to stop being a spear thrower. It just doesn't do you any good. I, I've shared this story before on social media, so, so you may be familiar with it. But James Dobson received a letter several years ago from James Dobson, the founder of Focus on the Family and author of many family books. He received a letter from a woman years ago about the consequence of trying to get even with others. And so she tells a story of one morning being in a hurry, needing to get to a meeting, and picking out her favorite dress to go to the store. Well, unfortunately, we have to bring today's message to a close. But my hope is that the word that was spoken was an encouragement to you. That's always our hope here at Hope for the Day. Did you know that these messages are recorded at Valley View Christian Church every Sunday? And if you're here in the Denver metropolitan area, we'd love to have you attend one of our Sunday services at Valley View Christian Church. We have Sunday service times at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. And we'd love to have you come and attend one of those services and be with us. And I, Pastor Philip Holland, would love to meet you in person. And also remember that the Hope for the Day broadcast is available on your favorite podcast provider. So we look forward to having you again with us on Hope for the Day.